SOS Radio On Demand. It changed my heart. On Demand. It changes your life. Thanks for downloading Scott Harold's podcast. A big part of the American dream is landing that career you always imagine. But what if God wants something bigger for you? I'm Scott Harold on SOS Radio, and that's the exact situation that Paula Ferris found herself in when she was working as an anchor for the weekend edition of Good Morning America and also as a co-host on The View. You've seen her on TV over the years, but Paula's actually joining us on the radio today. How are you, Paula? I'm doing great, Scott. Great to catch up with you today. Yeah, so tell us your story. I mean, your career was moving forward. We see you on TV, and you got to think like, man, it is not an easy journey moving up in the ranks of TV news, Good Morning America, hanging out with the ladies on The View. Everyone has to be thinking, wow, you are in your stride. You are living your best life. But you were at a place where you're feeling like, no, not exactly. Yeah, you know, I was at this professional high, but personal low. So you know, I was leaning in really hard, Scott, which is what we're told to do in our society, to lean in hard to career. And I got to a point where I really just burned out. I still loved what I did, but I thought, okay, God, I don't think you called me to this place. You called me to this, to see the relationship with my husband and my children, my relationship with God suffer. I wasn't attending church. My health was really starting to deteriorate. So I was trying to reconcile like, how can I be at such a professional high, but a personal low? And why all of a sudden are these, you know, my professed values totally clashing with the choices that I'm making, both personally and professionally. So at the height of my career, anchoring Good Morning America weekends and co-hosting The View, I really sensed God was calling me out of that space where I had become totally addicted to this high and achievement and leaning into career and buying the lie that my value was vocation and my worth was my work. And God really got my attention through a personal crisis where I went through a series of unfortunate events in a small period of time. And it was unequivocal <laughs> that God was trying to move me out of this space. He said, if you don't slow down, I'm going to slow you down. And that's really what God, God had to slow me down physically and emotionally. God had to break me in order to get me to walk away. Once I walked away, though, I really had this sense of loss, this identity crisis, because I didn't know who I was outside of it. I had become everything that I had professed I wouldn't, defined by my career. I said that I could walk away at any point, and I would know who I was. But when God asked me to obey him and step away, because he had something different for me, I realized that I had completely become defined by doing, by that thing that I had found my purpose and my identity in. And that's where a lot of the book is with this new book that I have out. It's not just my story, but it's the story of so many of us that really misplace our significance in things that shift and things that waver and things that change, like we're experiencing right now in a pandemic. We're experiencing loss from things that maybe we didn't realize we had attached ourselves and our sense of purpose and our sense of identity to, and it shifted and it's changed. So it's our stories of how we've misplaced this and how we've discovered true purpose and calling that don't shift and shake in a personal crisis or a pandemic. We're talking about burnout today with Paula Ferris on SOS Radio, and you've seen her on TV over the years. And Paula, when you're really trying to pursue a life of true calling, you talk about it in your new book, Called Out, about distinguishing between your faith calling and your vocational calling. Yeah. Well, how often, Scott, do you hear the word calling thrown around? Yeah, like, it's like a buzzword. Time, right? Well, especially in church. And have you ever heard it separate from career? It's like you have to find <laughs> your calling and it's synonymous with career. Correct? Yeah. So you can pursue this calling.
calling. Like when I felt God was calling me away from these two dream jobs, I was like, but didn't you call me to do this, God? Like, I don't understand. And we lean in so hard and we think that calling is career. And so I had to unpack that. I had to kind of learn to unbelieve things that I had been taught by society and things that I've been taught from even the faith circles. Because if you completely find your identity and your purpose in this one thing and in doing, then when there's a shift, you're not going to know who you are outside of it. That's what's going to happen. And guess what you are going to find? You are going to experience shifts, vocational shifts in your life. So when I was in this space of, you know, I felt really guilty because how did I become this person so consumed by what I did? God really revealed to me in that space that we have two callings on our life, Scott. We have a faith calling or a purpose, and then we have a vocational calling. And you need to keep them separate, okay, in terms of seeing them for what they are. You have a faith calling and a purpose, which is, for me, it's to love God and love people. It's not to be the best broadcaster that I can be. It's not to be the best teacher that I can be. It's not to be the best nurse. It's to love God and love people. Do you understand? It has nothing to do with doing. It is who we are as human beings, and it will never, ever shift. Then we have a vocational calling on our life. Vocational calling can and will change. Vocational calling, though, is just think of it as a vehicle and a conduit by which you're going to fulfill your purpose. You are here on this earth to love God and love people. That's it. Full stop. End of story. But the vocational capacity you're in, whether it's a season of being a stay-at-home mom, whether it's a season of being a broadcaster, whether it's a season of being you know, a cashier, whatever it may be, you're on that branch to love God and love people, to fulfill your purpose. And so God really had to separate those two for me. And now I see you can still love what you do, but not be defined by what you do. And you remember what you're doing and who you're doing it for. And that this is just the mechanism by which I'm going to show the love of God to people. And that's it. We're talking about the difference between a faith calling and a vocational calling with Paula Ferris today at SWS Radio. She's an Emmy Award-winning journalist. You've seen her on The View. You've seen her on Good Morning America. I'll tell you what, Paula, it's interesting because a lot of times when we're thinking about calling, we're essentially trying to figure out what's God's will for my life. And I heard Charles Stanley explain it so well one time where he said, God's will is the same for everyone. It all starts with Mm -hmm. what God outlines in the Bible about loving God and loving people and serving God. But really, when we're asking what's God's will, we really want to know, God, what's your personal agenda for my life? And that's a completely different thing. Yeah, we want to know, God, what have you created me inherently, uniquely to do? What talents and gifts have you given me that you haven't given everyone else? And he has given each of us such unique talents. And in the book, we separate the two callings. As you just said, Charles Stanley has said, we're here to love God and love people, right? But then God has this, what are we here to do? Well, that is the vocational call, okay? So now that you have those separate, I conduct an interview in the book with a high-level government guy. The reason I wanted to interview him is because he said he felt by God he was called into government. And so I said, I want to unpack this word. I'm tired of people throwing it around, especially in the faith circles, so casually, and yet we can't really articulate what it means. And I said, what does it mean to be vocationally called? And he said, vocational calling in your life looks like three things. Are you good at it? Do you love it? And do you trusted people in your life? Speak life into that. Do they notice you're good at it? Do they notice you love it? It's not enough just to be good at it. It's not enough just to love it. It's not enough for other people to say, you're good at it. It has to be all three of those things. And so, for example, I have a dear friend. I have been speaking life into her. She should be a consultant. I mean, other people have noticed she should be a consultant. She just knows how to really like lay out your life for you, whether it's personally and professionally. 
And I have said she's good at it. Other people have noticed she's good at it. And I said, you should really think about this. And she said, I don't love it. So for her, she's not being vocationally called into that area. Are you good at it? Do you love it? And the trusted people in your life notice that you're good at it and you love it. Now, for me, I'll show you how that resonates. Like I, my nickname growing up was Paula 20 Questions. I've always been inherently curious, <laughs> innately curious. I like to get to the bottom of things. I'm nosy. I will fight and champion for people. I'm persistent. I had trusted people in my life, like my high school drama teacher and my college professor speaking life into this particular branch of my life with broadcasting. They're the ones that suggested that I do it. So I think it's such a good formula to apply to each of our life but also knowing like it's not so one dimensional. It's not like you're a good broadcaster. It's you're curious. Okay. You know, you're proactive. So peeling back those layers. And once you peel back those layers, you're like, oh my gosh, these are the talents and gifts that people notice are unique to me. These are the talents and gifts that I'm good at and that I love. And guess what? I can, those can translate to so many different capacities. And I've been seeing myself one dimensionally. So it just gives you the permission to accept worth isn't work but also to branch out and to try different things and not back yourself in a corner and to not see vocation as the rest of your life. But like God gives us vocations for different seasons of life and vocation can and will change. That's why we don't get so attached to the doing. We are attached to what we're doing and who we're doing it for. It all goes back to, I am here in this place to love God and love people. And that's it. End of story. We're talking about trading your dream jobs for a true life of calling with Paula Ferris today at SWS Radio. You've seen her on TV, on The View, and ABC News and other places. But Paula, what happens when you miss your faith calling? I mean, it's like you settle for this drug of choice success. That's what you write about. Yeah, I didn't know the difference. I thought that when I had a calling on my life, it was career. And we are all taught that. And we shouldn't fault ourselves because how many books are written about leaning in? How many books are written about success? Hi, my name is Paula. What's your name and what do you do for a living? We have conditioned ourselves to believe that our only value is vocation, that our only worth is work, okay? And what do you bring to the table? We ask our kids, what do you want to be and do when you grow up? As if this is the only valuable aspect of us. And so I think just being able to separate yourself, your faith calling and your purpose from your vocational calling is the first step. Come up for me, I have a purpose statement. Years ago, my purpose statement, my faith calling statement probably would have been, my name is Paula, I'm a co-host at The View and co-anchor at Good Morning America Weekend Edition. And now my purpose statement has nothing to do with doing. My purpose statement is, hey, Scott, I'm Paula Ferris and I'm a wife. I'm a mom. I love Jesus with all my heart. I am curious. I'm a questioner and I champion the voiceless and I will get to the bottom of things. So that that's like who I am. Do you understand? Yep. That's who I am, but it has nothing to do with what I do. And that purpose statement isn't going to shake and shift during a personal crisis. Like the one I experienced, it's not going to shift and shake during a pandemic. That's who you are. Okay. So I think just like coming up with a faith calling statement, a purpose statement of life of who you are, Okay, and why you're here, I think, is one of the first steps that we need to take, because so many books have been written about purpose and calling, but they're almost always tied to career and they're tied to doing when the moment there's a shift and there are going to be shifts. Think of vocation as a branch and your vine as the faith calling. A healthy vine produces multiple branches, does it not? Just like vocation. Vocation is different branches. But in order to stay healthy, they have to stay rooted into that faith calling and that purpose and that vine. But yet, listen, we shouldn't fault ourselves because this is, these are just the messages that we're getting from society. 
all right, that worth is work. But now we need to push back at that. And for me, the first step was seeing the faith calling and vocational calling as two different things than coming up with that faith calling or purpose statement of my life. Yeah, it's so interesting because you were talking about that analogy of the vine, and Jesus uses a similar analogy in John 15 where he says, I'm the vine, you're the branches, and when you abide in me, Uh you bear much fruit. And when you talk about that fruit is people see you loving God and loving other people. They see that fruit, and they're attracted to that fruit, and then we know that we're his followers. They see the love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control developing. A hundred percent, right? Right? And how often do we say as believers, oh, we're doing this all for the Lord, but somewhere along the way, I think we are misguided. We misplace that significance and it becomes more about us doing and our own achievement and our own accolade and what we're getting from it. But I think, you know, just getting back to that basic of stripping it back and remembering, you know, what you're doing and who you're doing it for and that God can use you on a hundred different branches if he wants to. But God also has to prune. Mm-hmm. And pruning can be really painful. And I write about in my book, you know, when I knew it was time for a vocational shift, I looked around at my landscape. And yes, I'm at a professional high. I'm at a personal low. But my relationships were suffering. My health was suffering. Mm-hmm. When I first thought about stepping away, people are like, you're crazy for doing that. I mean, like you've worked your whole life for this. Even Christians, why would you do that? Why would you give up that platform? Well, I don't think God called me to sacrifice the relationships with my family and my relationship with my church family, relationship with God and my health for this calling, this now that I see it, this vocational calling. But it took a personal crisis. I didn't listen to those early signs. And I, because I was paralyzed by fear, Scott, and I was paralyzed by what I was walking away from and then what I was walking into, because it wasn't like God said, I'm calling you out of the space and I have a cushy job over here for you, Paula. I didn't know what he was calling me into. I had to push through that fear and step into faith. But he really didn't get my attention. And I didn't obey until I went through this personal crisis. And within seven months, I had a miscarriage with an emergency surgery. I had suffered a concussion through a freak accident at work. And I was knocked out of work for three weeks. And then the day I got cleared to go back to work, I was in a head-on car crash. And then I had influenza, which turned into pneumonia. And I was like, all right, God, you got my attention. I understand that if I don't slow down, you're physically going to get me to slow down. And so I knew that he was calling me to do something different. And I didn't know really what that was, though. And it was really scary. But I hold to this promise. And I hope this encourages people when you feel some sort of shift there's always going to be fear present in that situation. Fear isn't something you conquered 10 years ago. Like fear is expected and anticipated, but know that, you know, when God calls you to do something, whatever it may be, he will equip you in the same way he's with Moses, he'll be with you. And I go back to that verse in Joshua 1, where God says, have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous? Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. For the Lord your God's with you everywhere you go. Be strong and courageous. But God has commanded us to push past that fear. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. God recognizes that we're going to be scared and we're going to feel discouraged, but God promises that he's going to be there. But we have to take that first step. We absolutely have to take that first step. And, you know, just because you feel fear doesn't mean that, oh, I have to trust my intuition. I'm scared about it. You can have a peace about something. Like I had a a peace about stepping away, but I was still scared as heck. See, those two things, they can coexist. I had a peace that God wanted me to do this, But I was scared because I didn't know I was scared of what I was walking away from and scared of what I was walking into. Those two can coexist. And so often we think, oh, I'm scared. That's not from God. Well, we know fear is not from God. Fear is from the devil. 
And I think as long as you have that Holy Spirit peace about something, that peace that passes all understanding, that guttural peace in your spirit, it's totally normal to experience fear. Expect it, anticipate it, but know God's commanded you to press into it, and He's promised you that He will be there in it and through it. We're talking about how we embrace a real life of calling, and it requires us to make some tough decisions sometimes. And we're talking with Paula Ferris today at Eswis Radio. And you've seen her on TV over the years. She's a correspondent with ABC News. She's been on The View, the weekend edition of Good Morning America. Paula, how do you resign from a dream job without burning a bridge? Um, that's a good question. <laughs> because when the book opens with me, having this conversation over lunch with my boss, who's the president of ABC News, and I'm going to tell him that that I need to step away from my dream jobs. And I didn't want to over-spiritualize it, but how do you say I need to step away because I feel God's calling me out of this space without him thinking that you're crazy, (laughs) you know, if they're not a believer. (laughs) But I just explained to him what had happened, and I explained to him that I really was burned out and I needed to get my life back. And he understood Again, I, I tried not to over-spiritualize it too much, but I did explain you know, things that had happened, and I really felt that, that I needed to move in a different direction. I think you can have a conversation with someone about anything as long as you're handling it in a respectful tone. And I tried to really, going into this conversation, I was so nervous. I mean, I had written down notes. That's how nervous I was. I had a notepad right next to me. So in case I like lost my train of thought, that I would have a cheat sheet right next to me. I prayed about it a lot beforehand, and I said, God, just I know that this is what you, you want me to do. Just give me a piece about it and help me be respectful and help me to show them the love of Christ, even in this moment. But it was a really tough decision, and I was really nervous about it. It was a tough, tough conversation. I was really nervous about having it. It's so interesting. When we meet new people, we always say, hey, what's your name and what do you do? I'm Scott on SOS Radio. We're talking with Paula Ferris today at SOS. Paula, what do you think is a better question when we meet someone? If we really want to get into purpose and we really want to represent Mm -hmm. who we are, what's a better question than, hey, what do you do when you first meet somebody? Exactly. And I, I can't tell you, like, since writing this book, how often I've had to catch myself, even with my kids, I say, what do you want to be when you grow up and what do you want to do? And so with my children, I ask them, what kind of person do you want to be when you grow up? Who do you want to be? And focusing on like these gifts and talents that God has uniquely given them and characteristics, you know, graciousness. I want to be forgiving. I want to be athletic, you know, so focusing more on who they are, things that aren't going to change, these inherent curiosities and innate curiosities they have. I think when we're out and about, Scott, the best question is, you know, who are you? Tell me a little bit about who you are. And for me, I would say, you know, I'm Paula Ferris and I am a wife, a mom. I have three kids. I love Jesus. I'm a super curious person. I like to ask a lot of questions. My nickname growing up was Paula 20 questions. And I love, you know, I'm an Enneagram eight. So I kind of like to challenge people. So I think that's a better question to ask, like, what kind of person are you? You know, who are you? What's your purpose statement? something like that, something along those lines. You know, how do you introduce yourself to Scott outside of what you do? Like, have you ever really thought about that? I've asked people, what are you passionate about? I mean, when it comes Mm -hmm. to my role, yeah, a lot of people say, oh, you're Scott from SOS and you do the morning show for the radio station. But you know what? To a group of nine and 10 year olds, I'm coach because I coach soccer. And hopefully to my kids, radio is something that's stupid and boring and they're not impressed by the microphone. (laughs) They know that the stories that I tell, they know that a part of what we do is entertainment. And that goes into everything we're doing. And so I just want my kids to know that I'm real and I'm honest. Yeah, exactly. I think once you start at that level, 
the level of our youth. And I think that's what we really need to focus on too. Like I'm super passionate about this space with kids because, you know, if you can change the narrative at a younger age, then guess what? It's going to change the narrative when they're our age and they are going to know that they're significance and purpose aren't all driven by doing. It's more about who they are as a human being and things that don't change and things that don't move and things that don't uproot. I like that though. You know, like, what are you passionate about? It's interesting as we grow in our career, we learn a lot about ourselves, but sometimes we just chase success. We're talking with Paula Ferris today at SWIS Radio. You've seen her on TV, on The View, and on ABC News. Paula, when it comes to growing ourselves in our career, there's a part of it that everybody says you can't have any pride, but without having any sort of drive, and I don't know, we'll call it like a sort of ego drive to keep putting yourself out there, you don't really break through in a lot of areas. What have you learned about the difference between having that fortitude to move forward and be confident without letting it grow into something that's prideful? Yeah, it's a tough balance, but I think you know, so much of that, that paralyzed me from going into broadcasting for so long because I was paralyzed by the failure and I didn't have the confidence and the self-esteem to really get into broadcasting to begin with. And I knew though that I had to rely on God and I felt the moment of that vocational calling in my life when I finally accepted the dream for me that other people had for me. I really felt God saying in the same way as with Moses, I will be with you. You can be confident and you can be secure, but that confidence and security has to come from God. Like there are moments when I was just overwhelmed by a situation, overwhelmed by the magnitude of it. And I'm like, God, you got to show up because this is not me. This is you. And I think continuing to go back to that point of just relying on God, reliance on God, that when God calls you to do something vocationally, God will equip you and putting it on him. And it's okay to feel overwhelmed at moments. It's okay to experience that fear. Realize that's going to happen. Fear is present and it's going to rear its ugly head, but expect it and anticipate it. Know that God's commanded you to push through it and he's promised you he's going to be there. But those are totally normal feelings to have. And it is a tough balance because I think when I went into broadcasting, I had you know clear eyes, full heart, can't live. And along the way, it became more about me doing and less about what who I was doing it for. Okay, it became more about the awards on the shelf and the significance and the accolade and the achievement and the accomplishment, the spotlight, which is, you know, it can be, you know, really, really just enticing. And God had to call me out of a space where I was totally addicted to it. I was addicted to my job and at the expense of everyone and everything around me. Talking about growing in our career without letting pride and success just become an addiction. I'm Scott on SWIS Radio. We're talking with Paula Ferris today. I'll tell you what, you and I both grew up in Michigan. And, you know, when you're growing in your career and you're getting opportunities, you feel like you're on the fast track, right? Pride can creep in really easily. I remember I was working at a radio station in Detroit that you and I both listened to growing up. And it was my uh-huh. dream to work there one day. And, and I got this job and I was like 18, 19 years old and I was on the air in Detroit, which is kind of a big deal when you're that young. Usually that's most people are... That's a huge deal. Yeah. That's a really big deal. And usually it takes 10 years for someone to get to any sort of major market. And, you know, I was gifted by working with really cool people that took a notice and decided to mentor me from a younger age from doing high school radio. But I remember after doing this for a couple of years, you know, we'd have all these people calling in late at night when I'm on the air and they're drunk or they're high on drugs and they're saying all kinds of crazy stuff and they're calling the radio station and you start to say like, okay, what are we speaking with the music?
music we're playing and the things we're talking about it. I remember mm -hmm. there was a night that I was actually working at a concert that our radio station organized with like P. Diddy, Ja Rule, Ashanti, uh, Shaggy, Michelle Branch, and we were at the Palace of Auburn Hills where the Detroit Pistons used to play. And I remember we were waiting mm -hmm. as everyone was coming in and we had the music bumping. It was a top 40 station. I'm seeing these six, seven, eight, nine-year-old girls all mouthing the words to this really dirty Shaggy song called It Wasn't Me. And I started to feel yeah. convicted. Like I am promoting this garbage, even though I didn't write this song. I'm not saying the words to this song, but I'm on the air basically framing that this is cool and this is where music is going. And I started to feel convicted that God wanted me to do something where I could be a little more positive and focus light in a different direction. Yeah. And then how did you answer that call, though? Like, did something open up right away? Or did you feel like God was calling you out of that space and calling you into a new space, but didn't show you what that new space was yet? Yeah, the space wasn't there. And I think a lot of it was he was still developing me. And, and I was learning yeah. from some really gifted broadcasters, the craft that I was in. But I started to feel like I want to be, but I read a book by Bob Briner. It was called Roaring Lambs. And it was about how we can be salt and light. And as I started yeah, growing yeah. in that and digging into what that meant, God pulled me into Christian radio. I actually started a mm -hmm. show with another friend of mine. And we did a show on 96.3 in Detroit called Cross Tracks, And we played Christian music from 7 to 9 a.m. on this hot adult contemporary station and did that for a yeah. few years until God moved me into Christian radio full-time. Yeah, it's interesting because you felt the Holy Spirit probably moving in your life. You didn't have a peace. You weren't settled about what you were seeing, right? And I think we need to listen to that. And God speaks to us in a myriad of different ways. And He speaks to us through that Spirit. At the end of the day, I don't have a peace about something, which I think is what the Holy Spirit can give you. I don't pursue it. It doesn't matter. But I also, I, I know where to listen for God and where not to listen to God. You know, I know God can speak to very trusted people in my life that I do life with. It's a small amount of people that have seen under the hood and it is ugly. God can speak to me through scriptures and sermons. And God speaks to me more and more through songs, especially songs that I've heard a thousand times, but then I might hear it a different way one day. And I'm like, that was not coincidental. And God speaks to me through books and through podcasts. And so knowing that God is speaking to us, knowing where to listen for him, I think is really key. But knowing to listen to that spirit, that sense of peace in your gut that comes from the Holy Spirit is so incredibly important. And you experienced it. And I experienced it, too. You know, it was just this, this sense of stirring that I, God was saying, I'm calling you into something. I did not have a peace about where I was at a professional high, but a personal low, did not have a peace about it, even though everyone else thought that it was crazy to do this. And sometimes you may be the only one that can really feel that Holy Spirit, but God speaks to you unequivocally. And when he does, you've got to listen. Yeah, that's a game changer. Well, thanks for spending some time with us today. We're talking with Paula yeah. Ferris on SOS Radio. Her new book's called Called Out, Why I Traded Two Dream Jobs for a Life of True Calling. Thanks for being a light on the news, Paula. We appreciate you. And remember, like you don't have to work in ministry to minister. God needs his light to shine, and light shines where? In the dark places. So God can use us in a myriad of different capacities, too. He really can. Thanks for listening to the SOS Radio Podcast with Scott Harold. If this discussion encouraged you, feel free to share it with your friends on social media. 